0: Catherine Brand.
1: Andy Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. We'll be right back. Very special guest coming up next Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at dougatwalser.com, and he goes, hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, Back in 2014, having some problems with the engine, uh, do I have any coverage? So I called the Honda store. We looked it up, and sure enough, the car had qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well. It is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, Walser.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Our very special guest, <laughs> Judith Orloff. Judith, thank you for your patience. We got yes,
0: uh, we're sidelined.
1: It's uh, the the wind chill. Where are you right now? Uh, should I call you, Doctor Orloff? Judith, what should I call
3: you? Yeah, Doctor Orloff is great.
1: We'll do that, Doctor Orloff. Where are you right now?
3: I'm in Los Angeles, California. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, the reason I ask that is the the wind chill here is five below, yeah. and it's not it's November. Ooh. <laughs> so bad, bad. our guest got here a little bit late so I apologize for us being late jumping on with you I hope you do have a 15 minute period here does that work for you
3: oh yeah I do that's fine
1: wonderful are you an empath
3: I am an empath
1: that's why I, ha- yeah, I had an to empath
3: ask. is an emotional sponge who tends to absorb emotions and physical symptoms and stress from other people into their yeah. own body sounds like
1: me my wife just said it sounds like her
0: it does um yeah
1: okay full disclosure dr orloff my 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 lovely wife i tend to be what did you what did how would you describe me you you say i love chaos yes but i don't love chaos you do she says i love chaos dr orloff (laughs) do you think that's probably true of some people
3: I think so. I think they feel more comfortable with chaos, especially if they were brought up in a chaotic There you family. go.
1: All right. Absolutely.
0: Well, I love this woman.
1: I guess guilty is charged. <laughs> guilty is charged. The holiday season brings families together, but when that forced togetherness, uh, togetherness stirs up wounds of holidays past, stress replaces any good tidings. Unhealthy family dynamics can overwhelm empaths and highly sensitive people who lack the same filters that I just have to block out stress. How do, you, how do people like you and my, my lovely wife, Catherine, uh, how do you lack those filters? How does that happen?
3: Well, it's interesting. I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm also an empath. And I've written a book called The Empath Survival Guide, mm-hmm. which is about how to use strategies um, not to absorb the energy of others or the stress of others and still be a powerful empath. I suspect your wife is intuitive and insightful and loving and passionate um, and has all kinds of talents. And it's very deep.
1: Dr. Orloff, she's right here. you you realize the problems you're causing me for tonight by saying all those nice things? (laughs) Slow down. Andy, could you
0: please isolate those things?
3: I can can use them.
1: So she can play them back again later in life.
3: Yeah. (laughs) No, it is true. Yeah, but the reason I I wrote the book was to to help empaths not absorb the suffering of others because they're givers. You know, they like to save people. They like to help people at the expense of their own well-being and energy. And so empaths really need to learn how to set clear boundaries. Now it's very important to say, no, I can't do this tonight, rather than just keep listening to your friend for two hours on the phone who's in victim mode, who's draining your energy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you're a nice person, so you don't set limits.
0: Yeah, I had a Lyft driver. <laughs> I talked my my ear off. I mean, it was like, oh, my God, I was ready to just jump out the window. It was like she would not stop talking. Yeah, no, but exactly, but
3: but a skill skill would be um, saying, you know, I'd like to spend this time in silence, which I would say. I mean, I've gotten to the point where, you know, I just want to protect my time and energy because I know as an empath, I get drained so easily. And if I'm going somewhere, I want to be in good shape. And I don't want to be drained by a chronic talker.
0: That's so funny that you said that because when we – okay, so I was in this lift with two other women, and they were in the back, and they kept texting me saying that I'm a saint and that I'm taking (laughs) one for the team. Yeah, exactly. And I said, you know what, if – I said – if we weren't from Minnesota, we wouldn't be so nice. We'd say, it's time for you to shut up now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's what would happen. <laughs> what? You, you could use my line. You could just said, I'm sorry, I have no further prepared conversation. That's exactly right.
3: Yes, that's a beautiful, beautiful line. But you, have, empaths need to be prepared to speak up because, you know, I've written a chapter in the Empath Survival Guide on dealing with energy vampires because they can suck you particularly around the holidays. And whereas other people might have the filters or uh, guards up, empaths don't have that. We're open to the world in ways that other people aren't. And so for that reason, you really need to take care of yourself in a pretty fierce way. And so, you know, in in that chapter, I talk about the different energy vampires, such as the chronic talker that you experienced or the drama queen somebody who wears you out with off-the-chart dramas or a victim mentality, somebody who is just poor me and doesn't want to get out of that. Oh, God, I hate those
1: people. I really do not like people, oh, poor me.
3: And
0: they find us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They find us all
3: the time. (laughs) That's so right. m wear an invisible sign that says, I can help you. Yeah. Right. And people flock from far and wide, and they will find you everywhere. <laughs> it's yeah, true.
1: It is true. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. I, uh, how do people, is it because of their childhood, their, their parents, uh, the neighborhood in which they grew up? What distinguishes one person's characteristics from another? What causes them? Do, do we know that?
3: Uh, yeah, I talk about different causes in the book. And one of them, you know, some, some, some people are born empaths. When I went through oh, my okay. medical school training, I delivered babies. And some babies are so different than others. Some come out like little Buddhas and very sensitive. And others, they're just like a Mack truck. You know, nothing's going to get to them. So the temperament is important. Uh, but also your the environment that you grew up in has a huge effect on being an empath. If there was any trauma in the environment, or if you were raised by narcissists or um, alcoholics or neglectful parents, um, that often beats down a child's barriers, and they don't know learn how to self-soothe, and so they're they're wide open to the world, and so that can contribute also. And and it's also thought that empaths have a hyperactive mirror neuron system, and the mirror neurons are the compassion neurons in the brain, where you know, a lot of scientists believe that in empaths, they work overtime. There's so much compassion, you know, that, that empaths have for others, for doctor, strangers, for doctor, people you've never right. met.
1: Dr. Orloff, how do you handle, as an empath, how do you handle this uh, social media, uh, news, national news, whatever? These people want to convince, convince us that we all hate one another. What is that all about?
3: Fear mongering.
1: That's it. That is what is it is. Fear
3: mongering. It's been used throughout the eons as techniques to manipulate others. And so you have to, you know, just you know, it's so predictable over the years. So you have to be smarter than, than that. And know that, especially if you're an empath, you know, the the power of love, the power of the heart, the power of connection to other people and humankind. You know that that's what we want to fight for. You know, and really believe in and empaths know that because they sense energy and they can sense the connection between everyone and all life. So you have to be pretty clear about your beliefs and realize that these people who are fear mongering and one against the other, you know, they're they're just a real really lower consciousness.
1: Yeah, it, it I talk I also do a morning show in town here and I talk about the fact that it seems to me whether it's politicians or it's movie stars or it's uh, you go down the list of people, uh, you know the the news reporters, the, the the whole deal. They're they're doing these things like they tell you, oh, we're doing this to help you out because you're downtrodden and oh, I feel so sorry for you and blah blah. All they're doing is trying to make money off of these people and these politicians. Not all; there are there are a few good politicians, but most of them are doing this to you trying to make you trying to make you feel uh, maybe that you you're less than you actually are because then you'll vote for them to make your life better and they make a lot of money from that this is all about money it it appears to me isn't it
3: Well, yeah i mean i think a lot of it money power and ego
1: yeah so
3: you have to decide where you want to come from in life life is short it'll go by really quickly And you have to decide the kind of person you want to be. And you know, with, you know, in the book, I really talk about choosing your priorities and realizing, especially for empaths and sensitive people, to go for love. Go where the love is. You know, develop loving friendships. Don't be with blamers and shamers and criticizers and fear You have a choice about who you can be with. And there are a lot of really good people out there. You know, they're wonderful people who are doing good in the world. And so you have to take control of your thoughts and your mind so that you focus on what is good and what is meaningful and what will raise the, you know, the the attitude of the world and the energy of the world. But we have the power to do that if we focus on the beast and the the negative, you know, the negative fear-mongering. That's what we'll become, but if we focus on the goodness, not being Pollyanna, but just creating a life that supports your sensitivities, that supports your loving heart, and you have people around you like that, it's a whole different ballgame. But you have to make that choice and not get lost in all this distraction of fear.
1: Do you, do you think empaths are, are grateful people?
3: Yes, Yeah. I do. I, I thought I think, so. I, and, yeah. And, and, very grateful for grateful for this day. Grateful for waking up and being able to walk and being able to you know, you two being together on a show. You mm-hmm. know, you two being in partnership, you know, and appreciate the gratitude for that. That's so special. You know, no, I that agree. you two found each other. And so we, that you're loving each other. I mean, when you really get into that, that's so awesome. As opposed to focusing on what somebody is doing on a fear level. Right. Yeah.
2: So we could say that uh, Thanksgiving is the empath's day, empath's <laughs> yeah, holiday. Yeah, <laughs> really. it, it is. It is.
3: <laughs> it is. Yeah, you're right.
2: It yeah. is.
0: It's very nice to see people coming together and posting, you know, nice things about their families and their travels. It's just yeah. so much nicer than yeah. all of the other junk that goes on.
1: Very, very true. It is. It is. Yeah. It's so, it, it, I should mention, by the way, that you talked about uh, having good friends and all the rest of it. Uh, the man who just spoke to you, Dr. R- Ralph Basham, his wife is one of my wife's best friends, so I can't even criticize her friends now. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's just, it's terrible. Why would
3: you?
1: <laughs> no, Catherine is very, very good about picking. Friends who are not, uh, I hate to use the word bloodsuckers, but a lot of people are bloodsuckers. And your friends are not like that at all. I can't deal with
0: anybody's high maintenance anymore. I used to be able to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I know I just, what you mean. I can't yeah.
0: do it anymore. I just, as I get older, I'm That's like,
2: great. nope. And, and, I, and, and, and in my career, you know, I'm a plastic surgeon, uh, a doctor. And, I, oh. and, and at the end of a day of seeing patients, uh, you see 20 patients in a day, and for a follow-up surgery or getting ready for surgery and things like that. At the end of the day, I am absolutely worn out, and it's yeah. because I think there's a. I'm an empath to a certain degree. Oh, I think that's very true. And it yeah. is you. And it is your all of your energy is gone, at the end of that day. And I and I and I just now have become uh, cognizant of that. It's a it's a it's a real uh, trait that I have. That's different than maybe somebody else.
0: I think that's why you love to
3: garden. Yeah, well, that's so amazing that oh. you you realize that, you know. And and read. I think you would enjoy the book, oh, you know, I, the empath survival oh. guide. I think it, it will give you tips if you think you're an empath. It'll give you tips how to really maximize your energy so it doesn't even after a, a long day of, you know, of work and being of service like you are and helping people.
1: Well, that's not get let's not go that far. Let's <laughs> not so go that far, Doc. Um, uh, is it fair Catherine to tell Dr. Orloff that I that that, that I'm a protector? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm big. Totally uh, are. Uh, what what does that mean? The fact that I even people I don't know if I see them being abused in the street or whatever, I feel and I do act upon it. I have to protect them. What what is that all
3: about? Well, I think it's a, a very noble impulse. You know, that, that comes from you, and it's a beautiful thing. And then also, you know, in addition to to gain a deeper understanding of it, you could see if you were called on to protect your mother or to protect your sisters. Absolutely. I mean, what, what was your early... Yep. Yeah. Absolutely uh, so right. it comes from both. Yeah. So that's yeah. what it
1: is, the fact that at a very young age I felt I had to protect my mother from... Uh, you know certain people that yeah that I, that's exactly yeah. where it came from you're absolutely right about that but my my mm-hmm. mother and my wife Catherine whom you're we talking to here they're very tough women and I mean that in a good way they're very strong tough women and I've always admired that in women
3: and sensitive women
1: she's very sensitive there's you're no sensitive doubt
3: too.
1: yeah I'm, I'm really sensitive I know it I'm kind of a weird guy, Dr. Olaf, because (laughs) even though I'm a protector and I'll rush in to protect someone, I'm very sensitive. Like Catherine and I, if if she and I watch a movie together and there's a sad ending, we can't look at each other (laughs) because we'll both tear up. (laughs) It's a wonderful life, but it's great talking to people like you. Now, see, you just made our day much better. Uh, You know, I'm grateful to have talked to you. Let me just put it that way.
3: Oh, well, thank you. I feel the same way.
1: The Empath Survival Guide, Life Strategies for Sensitive People, Dr. Judith Orloff, O-R-L-O-F-F. Doctor, thank you very much for your time. Have a wonderful day.
3: Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye. We'll be back. Bye. Tom Bye-bye.
1: Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutrimos help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Find out how to be successful losing weight by attending the Nutrimos free dinner Monday, December 10th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutrimos guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutrimos helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337 to register for the Nutrimos dinner. That's 763-333-7337. We'll find out exactly what you're talking about, Andy. Thank you again to Dr. Judith Orloff, the empath. Yes. You are an empath, Catherine. I am. Let me know when... Uh, She's on. Oh, Tam- oh. Uh, is it Tamara or Tamara. Tamara. It's Tamara. Okay. Yeah, cuz uh-huh. I made kn- fun of me for saying Tamara. Tamara, Tamara, <laughs> Tamara. It's pronounced very many many different ways and and Freiman is the last name. It is. Excellent. So wait a minute. Tamara Freiman. I got it all right right now. I want to get you, I like Good getting job. people's names right because it's uh, I've had people call me Barnhart, Bernhardt. <laughs> Barnard.
0: Yeah, it is a little <laughs> irritated when you're talking to somebody,
1: and they, keep you <laughs> and they your don't name. even know your name. It's yeah. true. Registered dietitian Tamara Duker-Fryman has uh, spent her career talking candidly about the digestive issues many people are too embarrassed to discuss with others. Her expertise has earned her the nickname of the bloated belly whisperer <laughs> by grateful patients, and now she has uh, written a book. Show people how to address the problems of bloating, gas, stomach aches, sensitive stomach. This time of the year that is a huge deal, isn't it? Whether it's, you know, the Halloween party and then it's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and then it's Christmas, and then it's New Year's Eve. It's a very, very busy time of the year for the belly, isn't it?
4: Yeah, for me. Business is booming this time of year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bloating and booming at the same time. Well. That's wonderful news. Bloating and booming. All right, Tamara. Tamara. Is it Duker? That see now I'm gonna Dang be distracted it. the whole time. So it's Tamara Duker freiman, right?
4: Yeah, you say it better than my mom says it.
1: <laughs> well that's good. I just wanna I, I like to get people's names right. I, I really do. And and a lot of people have names now that are well like, there's a guy playing with the Green Bay Packers right now whose name is what was it again, Andy? I don't know what you're um I can't remember his name, but he has about a 15-letter first name, and it's like I could probably find it out. Yeah, he plays for the Green Bay Packers. We'll get back to it. But in any case, the Bloated Belly Whisperer. So tell us about... uh, Well, it's interesting because over the past seven days, that would include Thanksgiving, of course, uh, other than Thanksgiving Day, I've kind of avoided uh, sugar. Carbs. And carbs. Uh, I eat...
5: Believe you're talking about Equanimius
1: Saint Brown. Equanimius Saint Brown. Do you, does it have his whole name up there? Uh, Look his whole name up because you aren't going to believe his whole name. Equiminius. Equanimius. Equin, oh yeah, equanimity. That's right. He was named yeah. after a character, okay. which was named after equanimity.
5: Equanimius Tristan Imhotep J Saint Brown. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: Tamara. try to beat that one.
0: Gonna run out of. Some-
1: Did you hear hear that? Beat
0: it. I can't
4: even spell it. (laughs) That's
1: very true. But, but yeah, I, I I do eat some carbs, but I avoid the big things like, you know, tons of bread and things like that. Uh, I've cut way back on sugar for the last, uh, last seven, eight days. And again, that does include Thanksgiving. And I lost like 10 pounds over the week just by avoiding those two Mm. things. I've eaten a lot of food too. Uh, yeah, oh, is that is that a personal thing? Am I just is there a chance that I might be allergic to high carbs, or is everybody allergic to high carbs?
4: No, well, no, nobody's allergic to it. But okay. I, you know, you should really think about when you're not eating all the carby stuff and the sugar stuff. What are you replacing it with, right? And so the idea is, a lot of people aren't typically eating vegetables and fruits and things like that. But then when you get rid of the bread and the rice and the pasta, there's not a whole lot left to eat. Right. All of a sudden you're eating more of the stuff that has fewer calories and, um, and your body responds pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. So, so basically if the people, cause that's, I'm not on like a low carb diet or low sugar or whatever. I'm just avoiding things like, yeah you know, candy and potato chips and things like those are the kind of things that I'm avoiding, I will still eat, uh, you know, the carbs in fruit, the carbs in vegetables, things like mm-hmm. that. So I'm not avoiding it. I'm not on, on a low carb diet. I just cut back. Here's the. Let me ask you if this makes sense. To me, it seems that if I eat a lot of carbohydrates around Thanksgiving, of course, there's stuffing and there's potatoes and there's this and that. Yeah, there are many, many, many things, right? Uh, it makes me hungrier instead of not hungry. That's weird, isn't it?
4: is. is, Well, it's not weird. There's a reason for it. So our bodies have a hormonal response to carbohydrates that is somewhat unique to carbohydrates. It's a a hormone called insulin, um, and it's responsible for your cells taking the sugar out of your blood so that you don't get too high blood sugar. Um, But sometimes a lot of carbs can provoke a really strong insulin response, and the insulin can kind of do too good of a job and not only take... um, the blood sugar down to sort of a normal level but actually you can crash a little bit and go too low and when your blood sugar is really low you get hungry and so you can kind of get these spikes and crashes in blood sugar when you're eating certain types of carbohydrates especially those simple carbs like mashed potatoes and, mm-hmm. and rice and sugar and bread um, and you kind of get these sort of um, overfull and crashy hungry and then you know compensating with more sugar to bring yourself back up and you get in this really uncomfortable cycle of blood sugar and hunger.
1: That really makes sense because I, I, very seriously, well, I should tell you uh, tomorrow that, that I, is it okay if I call you tomorrow?
4: That's the only name I've got.
1: No, oh, I just, yeah, you might need to call you, you know, Ms. Freiman or something. I just want to make sure. Oh, God. But now I forgot what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes, oh, God. <laughs> now I forgot what I was going to ask, you, actually, to tell you the truth. but So we were talking about carbs, we were talking about the, um yeah, I don't. I don't know. But were it's you
4: bloated after Thanksgiving? That's what I want to know. Were you, you think, bloated? Catherine? Were you full? Were Good you uncomfortable? Time. Let's get into it. Well,
2: well I, I I tell you what, I, I re, I've uh, the past few months, I've been I've been doing a, a day long fast and just eating in the evening and just, you know, it is as, as a way to just be more constant throughout the day and it's it's it, it's been very beneficial. But I recently went to Club Med at Martinique and started eating three square meal uh, three day, meals a day and i was for the first three uh-huh. or four days i was uncomfortably bloated. Not yeah. so much, i would say yeah. bloated but just uncomfortable with this full feeling. It's a bizarre change, a uh, basic change in in the way i eat or process food. So I, I don't think i had IBS but it was it was it was one of those things i yeah i had that feeling and it was a direct result of all that food.
4: Yeah, well, your body adjusts pretty quickly to changes in your Uh, In your dietary patterns, um, both for good and for bad. Um, And so, you know, it's a great example of how someone who could be eating three meals a day for like a really long period of time. And then when you stop doing that, you're almost like out of the habit of eating so regularly and it, it can take a while to adjust back.
1: No, Tamara, is is it? No, it's been pointed out that you're sensitive to gluten. I think Catherine, you're sensitive to gluten yeah, yourself. Yeah, I did
0: a I did a food sensitivity test, and I, it came back. Yeah, you know, there were like three categories, and I was like the least reactive to gluten and oats. But I'm still doing a. I'm going to, just take that out of my diet just because I'm I, I want to deal I want to figure out I've got some migraines and some other things going on. I, I it's more of an inflammation thing that I'm worried about than bloating. I, I mean, I totally know what makes me feel like crap and bloat up for sure. It's definitely carbs and meat together at the same time. That really? makes me feel terrible. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, uh, every time. Every single time. But you know, it's interesting because with you saying that you're sensitive to gluten, I mean, now it, it was, everybody was sensitive to gluten about five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true, yeah. Remember, everybody yeah. was going off gluten, and then they were just replacing it with other processed foods that were made from rice it's and like sugar. When <laughs> Alex
5: was first vegetarian, <laughs> yeah. basically all she ate was like Funyuns and cheese yeah, puffs. exactly, and it's like- <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, Americans, for some strange reason, I don't understand why we can't be more moderate with our diets moderate we have to be, be oh the
5: european europe yeah. is catching up to us pretty quick in obesity that's yeah. not good
2: but you know one but there's a, the cultural difference between europe and most of the other world and america is that america has never had uh, a, a starvation or never had a real problem with food and, and a loss of food or not having enough food it's always been, been a country of bounty even even at even at the time colonial times is that we've always had enough food. So culturally, we just don't have that. Uh, Would you agree with that, Tamara?
4: Well, I will say that I'm not a food historian, and so I can't speak to the specifics of (laughs) food plentifulness. But what I can say is, you know, one thing that I've seen a lot when I've traveled abroad um, is there is a very strong food culture. Um, These are countries that are much older than ours. Um, and you know, if you take sort of like a, you know, country like like France for example, um, there's some very strong cultures around oh, you yeah. know mealtime and, um, and and versus snacking and when you eat and how you eat and what a plate looks like and you know what constitutes a meal and how you eat richer foods like those scallop potatoes. I mean, the portion size of those are. Tiny compared to you know what you might see in this country, and so yeah. you know I do think that there's a, a relationship between countries with a strong and long food culture history um, that is somewhat protective against some of the excesses uh, of eating that we see in our country, uh, which is younger and you know less of a uh, I guess uh, entrenched and <laughs> widespread food culture.
1: You know, it's interesting. I have a friend Doug Dawson. He's from Toronto, Canada. And we see him every winter, and I, you know, hang around with him quite a bit. He's a very, very nice man. But he, every year, because he lives in Toronto until November, and then he goes down to Florida for six months. And when I see him down there, he always, like every meal, he says... How can you Americans eat all that food? He "It said, is ridiculous. Our portions are nowhere near that big in Canada.
5: Do you think that's well, probably it's true?" Funny because thirty percent of Canadians are obese. So
0: what's the what's the percentage of Americans that, uh,
1: that is higher? 98
5: percent. <laughs> <98%. laughs> oh, it can't be that bad.
1: Ninety-two point five.
3: ninety-two point five. It's okay. similar.
5: It's about yeah. It's like thirty-three. So really? Canada really yeah, it's isn't the low that 30s. much.
3: It's
4: yeah. yeah. So I A lot of
5: people they see what they want to see though. They see less obese people outside of the country because that's what they expect that that's what they believe is that America's where everyone's fat and no one else is fat outside of it. But
1: Yeah, that's true. That is very very true. Uh so what should we do to make sure that uh, you know celiacs obviously uh Minnesota We're talking uh, big-time Scandinavian. A lot of Scandinavians have celiac, no -hmm. question about that.
4: Yeah, I was just in Scandinavia this summer. And, uh, you know, as a celiac myself, I have to say that Sweden was one of the best places I've ever traveled in terms of being able to eat out so easily and freely and the awareness of people about uh, gluten and foods. It was a real treat to travel to Sweden as someone with celiac disease.
1: Yeah, we'll take the Norwegians and the uh, Icelanders, but we don't want the Swedes. No,
3: just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> yes,
1: that's an old Richard Pryor joke. But uh, different, nationalities. Yeah, different nationalities, I will nationalities. tell you that. So, what are there a number of things that just not a number, but let's say three, four, five things that people can do to avoid? Because nobody likes to sit there and feel stuffed, no. have the bloated belly. Nobody yes. wants that. Are are there some key ways to avoid that?
4: Yeah, I think the trick is, you know, what I've tried to outline and the reason I wrote this book, The Bloated Belly Whisper*, is because I think there's probably about 10 super common reasons why most people feel bloated. And the trick is really to figure out which of the 10 is you and then tailor your eating patterns or lifestyle behaviors or meal patterns to that specific type of bloating. And so, for example, you know... uh, Someone mentioned in this conversation, like, oh, I do really, really badly with, you know, starches and and carbs. You know, carbohydrate intolerances are a pretty common uh, form of bloating. And actually, the reason most people feel better when they don't eat gluten has nothing to do with the gluten, which is a protein. It has to do with the carbohydrates in wheat, which are called fructans, which can be very gassy for people. Um, And so if you are someone who feels really gassy and bloated after eating wheat products, You know, it may not be that you need to be completely gluten free, but you want to choose forms of gluten that are low in those gassy fructans. And so, you know, what I've really tried to do in writing this book is help people figure out through a self diagnostic quiz and really detailed descriptions what is your problem, how do you figure it out, and then what do you need to do with your diet to adjust. Um, so, that you don't have to just eliminate everything under the sun and be afraid to eat and afraid to try new things.
1: I want you to know that if I ever write a book about organized crime, one of the lead characters is going to be named Gassy Fructon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. Gassy Fructon's here. Oh no, Gassy's here. Um, well, one guy's name was Gaspipe. What was his last name again? The guy in the Mafia, his name was Gaspipe. I don't know. Uh, so, Living longer, living healthier. We're doing a lot better with that. Uh, obviously, lifespan is getting longer and longer. Are we doing a lot of things right? We're hanging on to some old habits, I'm sure. But are we getting better and better as Americans? Uh, and, and are we living longer because we're doing better?
0: You mean dietary-wise? Yeah. Well, this is yeah. a
4: philosophical question. I think that there's a lot of health disparities, and so I think some people yeah, that's are true. living longer. Yeah, that's true. Um, And I think that we also are seeing some data that, you know, generations being born now may actually have a shorter life expectancy than their parents, depending on where in the country they're born and what, you know, your socioeconomic status is. So Mm -hmm. I think when you kind of look at these macro numbers, you're missing a lot of the smaller stories, which is longer life and better life is not um, hitting all Americans equally. Um, And access to healthy food and access to good education about food and access to affordable healthy food is... Uh, An issue that will be very determinant of what kind of life you're able to lead and how long and how healthy.
1: Tomorrow, it's amazing what you're talking about because I grew up in a very poor neighborhood. I mean, very poor neighborhood. And there were more overweight people in my neighborhood than any other part of the city. I I noticed that as a kid, as a matter of fact. And it's like you're talking about access to good foods.
4: yeah, for sure. You can be overweight and malnourished at the same time, and it's yep. something we see a lot. I practice in um, a lower-income neighborhood in New York City, um, and we see it a lot that people can look on the face of things to be overnourished, but you can actually be malnourished um, depending on the quality of your diet, and that's not something that's always in someone's full control.
1: It's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, the Bloated Belly Whisperer, ladies and gentlemen. Tamara Freiman, thank you very much for, for being with us today. Great uh It's great information for this time of the year. This is a tough uh, two-and-a-half-month period. There's no doubt about that. So thank you.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Have a great day. We'll be back. Tom Bernard here. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand... Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry this zero percent offer is available for a limited time. Call Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Jell-O. Hello, hello. I love your smile.
0: See, I'm, I'm, I just, I love, you know, listening to dietitians these days.
5: Yeah. And well, why we, why don't we
1: hop on the air and do this?
0: Okay.
1: We are on the air. Oh, we are good. Okay. I want to make. I want to make we're sure we're
0: back, baby.
1: We're back in the saddle again. Uh, so, what were you saying, Catherine? About no, uh, because tomorrow? like I said,
0: I've been I've been trying to figure out. I mean, it's very unusual for people my age to come down with uh, um, migraines. Usually, people get over migraines as they
2: get older. It's, well, yeah, menopause many times will erase them.
0: And I did get mm-hmm. I did get migraines well, I wasn't I wasn't diagnosed, I should say, with migraines until about two years ago. I have a feeling that they all stem from my car accident. But I also just have been noticing there's just been stuff, like inflammatory things. And I'm like, you know, I've got all these muscles and won't calm down and yada yada and I do all the stuff that I'm supposed to do and nothing's really working. So I've been investigating the link with uh Nutrition, and I really I, I love listening to this stuff to tell you the truth because I think it's a bigger piece of the puzzle than we've ever thought.
2: Yep, and and more and more people have talked about that, and, and more and more information with regards to eating. You know, you're you're told for sixty five years, oh, you know, you really should have breakfast. Breakfast is really important. Breakfast is really important. Breakfast is really important. So and that the, was always told my whole life. And the reality is, is that I stopped eating breakfast and lunch, and it had no benefit. No. Bearing on anything, and actually, in some ways, was easier to control your diet. We're really? Not so, you don't much. eat
0: breakfast or no, lunch any no, day of the week? No.
2: No. I don't even need to eat. No, not even on the weekends. No. Huh. But I, might, I might eat lunch, but I don't eat breakfast. I just, I just stop because you. You, if you eat the carbohydrates you typically are in the breakfast, then you get, you get that kind of cycle, and it's and it's a
0: then you get the sugar blues, and then you need more. Uh, well, yeah. you
2: get hungry, or the, and then you snack on something, or you, you know, it's just a bizarre. I never realized that, but that's those are some things that people are understanding more and more with nutrition. You know, and the other part of it is going to be uh, you know understanding this microbiome stuff. That's gonna that's gonna yeah. be the thing that's going to say, oh, you know. Oh, the reason you got this is because of this, because the bacteria that you most other people have aren't creating the right hormone for you, blah, blah, blah.
0: So. What's well, so funny?
1: <laughs> I just got a message from a listener, um, you know, somebody we know. Hey, Tom, got you a Christmas present, sent it your way. Uh, so basically, when I was out there, I I, I just texted him and asked him, Really? You didn't have to give me a gift. There's no reason to give me, you don't need any gifts or anything. goes, No, actually, you do need need this gift. I said, "Well, am I going to wait till Christmas?" He goes, "No, I'll tell you what it is." I said, "Okay, that's fine." So you sent it over? He goes, "Yeah, I sent it your way because you really need it, and it's my pleasure to to make your Christmas a much happier time because you really, you more than anybody needs this product." I uh, checked out because he had told me the name of the product. Okay. Um, it's called Vitality. It's an ED cure. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He, he sends me a. Like you. a, a uh, uh, so Catherine, I'm gonna have a bottle of uh, Vitality Ed All Cure right. at the house. Thank God. <laughs> at
2: the house. Well, why don't
1: you just Why don't you just keep it in your car? <laughs> the, yeah, keep it. Don't even bring it in the house. Keep it in the car. <laughs> yeah. So I saw Tom in the parking lot. And no was, there's something wrong with him. I don't know. Yeah, you guys are really, really funny. Let me just point yeah. out. No one needs this more than you do, this gift. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks so Thanks much. For for, I really appreciate Vitality. That, that's very fun. Vitality is the name of the product. They said, uh, so I just looked up the product. Uh much better than uh, what are they called again? Uh, oh, Viagra, C- Viagra Cialis. Much better, much better than much that. Better than that there's w- no question. What was
2: the other one? What's the one that uh, the the one that was advertised about three or four years ago that was supposed to increase your uh, manliness?
1: What was the name of it? Oh, is uh, that Smiling Bob, that one? Yeah.
0: Smiling
1: Bob. Remember, hi, yeah. Bob. Bob was always smiling. You remember because that? Because he had been taking these yeah, pills, yeah, and yeah, then
2: his yeah. wife yeah. was always smiling because yeah. she had been taking them. It was a little of a, you know, what what was that would was me, too. Mm. I don't know pre- which
1: one that, I don't there, know. It was some kind of enhancement thing. Uh, uh, yeah, what the it, hell was that called again?
2: Enhancement? Was it wasn't... Was ba- here's her
1: Bob. Well,
0: I'm not looking it up on my Google, because I don't want all that.
1: <laughs> you know, it's I don't want
0: all the stuff coming my The fact right that you,
1: you just talked about that? <laughs> yes. It, the internet just told me. That was ar- Enzite. En- en- Enzite! There you. you go. Thank you, Andy. Uh, the the my, my page just told me that there's an article about it uh, in GQ magazine. Oh, so so I'm finding out all about vitality now, so that's good. <laughs> well...
5: Smiling Bob is in prison for 25 years. What? What? Uh, He Uh, had to forfeit 500 million, and he was found guilty on 93 counts of conspiracy, fraud, and money laundering. Oh! So I guess Bob's not
1: smiling anymore. Smiling Bob
0: was the one that made the product, or was the actor? Yes,
1: apparently. But I have a question for you. Did his cellmate (laughs) order Enzite? Because it's not a good sign if he did. (laughs) I have a question for you.
2: If you're uncomfortable, you. Did he own
1: the whole company?
2: I thought um, he was just an
1: actor. I don't know. Oh. Is it a picture of Smile and Bob that on from television? Here's a question I have for you. This is for everybody else at the table, okay? Five hundred million dollars. You had to money launder to get the five hundred million, so a hundred million wasn't enough? For is, real. Is that what we're saying here? 500,
2: how much did he pay off dollars. that stuff?
5: 500 oh. million bucks. Okay, no, it wasn't actually the character smiling. No, Bob. no, that, he was just an actor. The the uh, news site just reported it as you know, wrong. It was the CEO and his mother.
1: What? Yep, the Warshacks. Warshack? That name sounds familiar. What Stephen else did and Harriet Warshack. What else did they do
2: other welcome than back, Longer Carter. Money? Yeah, welcome back,
1: Connor. Huh? That was Horshack. <laughs> Hors- that was Horshack, <laughs> Hors- yeah. that Hors- that's right.
5: <laughs> um, I don't think they did anything else, really. Just
1: cheat people out of money?
5: Yep, he and his mom apparently How old s- is he? somehow cheated a lot of people. I'm wondering what exactly he did, though. His
1: mom in the Grey Bar Hotel, too?
5: Because, I mean, they did have to forfeit $500 million, so they had to have done something.
0: So they had $500 million to give away. So... so where'd the rest
2: go? <clears throat>
5: Uh, that's a good question.
0: Is that one of the worst art- articles ever written that you're reading? My God.
5: Pretty much.
0: I just hate that. Because usually it's just, if it if it's an article, it starts out like an article, and then it just tapers away when there needs to be facts mm-hmm. filled in. That that just means it's going to click onto some sort of ad. <laughs> <laughs> and you're never going to get yeah, it off
1: your yeah, screen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, his sentence
5: was reduced from 25 to 10 years, so that's good. How old is he? I don't he, I don't know. Because if he's 80, going from 25 to 10 do not is. that
1: big Well,
2: his mom's 75, so oh, I doubt right. he's, so he's 80.
1: Probably, he's probably in his yeah. mid-40s. It would be very impressive if he was 80. $500 million.
2: Yeah, my point is, how much money did they make off of Enzite, or the potential of making money off Enzite?
5: Of Apparently a lot. I'm just wondering. Are you
0: kidding did- me? Telling guys that they can get bigger by taking a pill? Mm-hmm. I can imagine that a lot of well, men sign
1: up. Well, vitality's coming my way, so, <laughs> so we're going to find out. Know.
2: guessing.
0: But- that there were a lot of people
2: that signed <laughs> up for that. <laughs> Vitality's coming your way, Tom. It's not coming Catherine's, Catherine's clearly, way. <laughs> It's not ain't coming her way.
0: You have fun
2: by yourself. Yeah, That was a poor choice. of work a good amount wrong. wrong. <laughs> that that's right. Sorry.
1: Hey, is Tom home? Well, oh, he's out in the garage <laughs> yeah. with his Vitality. <laughs> his special,
0: Vitality. <laughs> he has a <laughs> special <laughs> garage <laughs> stall when he takes That's right. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, have three garage stalls. Oh, One terrible. is just
1: for whacking it. <laughs> that's great, honey. Right in front of our son. Don't worry about it, Andy. <laughs> hmm. Danny's yeah, he's a little uncomfortable right now, but you know. Robert De Niro speaking out about his recent split from his wife of 21 years, Grace Hightower. Grace and I have two beautiful children together. The two-time Oscar winner, 75, sent in a statement to us weekly on Tuesday, November 27th, referencing 20-year-old son Elliot and 6-year-old daughter Helen. We are entering a period of transition in our relationship. He has a 6-year-old and he's 75. Ugh. That's correct, which means Catherine. You and I got to have a baby in a few years. That's all I got to say. I got to hang with Robert De Niro turned in. Another thing
0: you can do in that garage stall is (laughs) raise another
1: child. Robert De Niro, for me, turned into one of my favorite actors of all time, into one of the biggest jerks I have ever come in contact. He did turn. What a jerk. Uh,
0: I I don't know what happened to
1: him. His interview. I'll I'll be Robert De Niro. You interview me.
0: Okay. So, Robert, tell me about your new movie.
1: Huh? (laughs) That's what he does. He goes, Huh? Mm. And you ask a question, he just goes, "Yeah." Maybe mm, he's getting demented. And? No, he's just a prick. Oh. That's his problem. He is not a nice man, and he no, he has no career anymore, and that's why he's so bitter. The guy's how much money? How much money is Robert De Niro worth? Any but five hundred million? Just yeah. like the is guy. Is any in of that
0: accurate when you say the net worth of whoever? That's a, yeah,
1: yeah, usually yeah, not that's very. True. Who I mean, do you knows? Really know? That just says three hundred million. Three hundred million.
2: But why is he doing those movies the fuckers? Yeah, the fuckers. They probably like, pay uh, really well. His oh, just over. a money. Uh, bad
5: news for Cassie and her kids. Why? The creator of SpongeBob SquarePants is dead.
1: <gasps> what?
5: what? Stephen Hillenburg died of ALS.
1: Oh, oh no! My God, how
5: old was he? I love SpongeBob. He was fifty-seven. Bob. Oh, oh he's know? only fifty-seven. That's the age you get ALS usually. Really? So you're going to be in your late forties, late
1: fifties. What's Tom Kenny? Now? you going to do? Well, I'm sure they're going to still do the show. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tom Kenny. <laughs> I do. I just love that guy. He's oh,
0: he hasn't a, been on
1: in a while. No, we got to get him back on again. He's a wonderful guest. He is a great guest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that's Well, that's sad. I'm, you know, I was in a great mood here. Everything's wonderful. And he, yeah, Tom, one of your favorite uh, shows. Um, no coming to more.
5: I to... Oh, he was actually a marine biologist. That's interesting. So, marine <laughs> biologist makes...
1: SpongeBob, talking sponges. Mm. <laughs> my favorite is still my favorite line by SpongeBob is what? Andy, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're, you're good. Shanghai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shanghai. The that's episode. Right. Yep, that's he's exactly trending
0: right. at number four on Twitter. Who is? Stephen Hillenberg.
1: Oh, Hillenberg, Yeah, after terrible. Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> Donald Trump sucks, and then uh, somebody Tuesday, else sucks. Giving Tuesday. And... Giving Tuesday is big. Giving Tuesday. What's Giving Tuesday?
0: Giving Tuesday is something about if giving? you if you if you donate money to certain charitable causes, there's well, matching dollars were uh, oh, available good. like just today. Good.
2: So this is the Giving Tuesday. Yes. It's not every Tuesday's giving. This
0: is Giving Tuesday. Today. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Giving Tuesday the high hard one. Pardon me. <laughs> That's a pitch, a b- oh, baseball pitch. Okay. The high hard one's a pitch in <laughs> baseball. I don't know. Baseball.
2: Wasn't really sure. <laughs> well, after <was> this, my stomach. <laughs> yeah, of... we're talking about my
1: <laughs> <anxiety> stomach <laughs> and my then... insides. <laughs> yeah, the high heart. I'm really high heart. It was... used to be called high and tight or high hard <laughs> one. What? Yeah. That came out wrong Vast too. Head hunting. It's called the, head but hunting. That came ah. out wrong too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say it.
0: Yeah, stop talking. It's
1: a very fast thrown baseball that tends to ride high and inside.
2: There yeah. We go. That, no, high and inside. That doesn't that's, work either. That's Never mind. Right. It is, it is after the, that, this Me Too thing has ruined so many things for just baseball. Just like my man, life. Baseball.
1: In general. God, it's a good thing I have vitality, coming
2: in, <laughs> you're coming in the
1: mail. Oh, it's coming in the mail. My vitality. What if my voice drops down around here like this? I've been on vitality for a week now. <laughs> Let me tell you, I can't sit down. No, that's not.
2: Yeah, that's. <laughs>
1: God, what a childish show I'm on. Yes. Oh, <laughs> This
2: was, used to be a. You I thought a family show. That's what? why I've been doing it. It's uh, a family show.
1: Oh,
0: uh, you're
2: wrong. Joe
1: <laughs> from Louisville says that Facebook and PayPal match donations for people that have donated. Yes. So it's very nice. Yes. Yeah. It's a very, very nice thing. So, no. so if you
0: have a favorite charitable cause, you can donate money and get them more money today.
1: So how about this? It's, it's the giving time of year. It's, uh, it's Giving Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving was last week. We have Empath, Empath Day last week, which is the same as Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, you know.
2: And it goes. It's very clear. <laughs> and, when very does, clear. And, and when does the holiday season end? Uh, January 6th. I contend that it ends, no, that well, Super Bowl Sunday is the last, is that, that ends uh, the oh, no. Know.
1: you know, yeah, you're, that right. That
2: you're right. A lot of people right would agree. That. You mm-hmm. know, because you have that, you have the late, uh, Orthodox, uh, Christian Christmas. You know, I got that in there. Right. You know, if you're going to be ecumenical, you got yes, that. Got and you got the Asian New Year, too, that, that falls in there.
5: Here's something that could have gone a lot worse in Australia. Um... <laughs> I'm just looking at newser and oh. <laughs> Why? interesting story here. Um, apparently, they were uh, a bunch of people were flying to Tasmania, which mm-hmm. is an island off of Australia. Right. But they didn't get to their destination on time because the pilot fell asleep. And oh. kept going past uh, uh, past Tasmania a good thirty miles. Oh my! Oh. Luckily, he woke God. up before they ran out of fuel because or otherwise, ran into a mountain. Otherwise, they would be dead. Well, what there's nothing of to run out run into out there. What kind of airplane was it? Uh, a Piper PA-31. Let's see what that is. Piper Piper's are not very big, are they? I don't know. Piper How many passengers? four passenger. Uh, looks. That yeah yeah those it's are not bigger. large.
1: How do they not know the pilots asleep when you're sitting right behind them?
5: Well, or yeah, you fly past Tasmania and into the ocean, and it's like, okay, maybe we should wake the pilot up. <laughs> so,
2: sometimes oh, sometimes, sometimes those pilots, you know, like Captain Heart Attack or Little pickwicky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do, yeah they that's they exactly do right.
1: That's exactly God. right. Thank you to Danny Stevens for stopping by today. Love Danny. Oh, uh, what a treat. Many many years talking about, and and luckily all the guys he was talking about are dead, so we're not going to be murdered in our sleep. So that's good. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's a good thing, but but I, I do have to tell you seriously when I look back at, at that was kind of the well the beginning of the whole thing was when I was 18 and at 19 went to work at KSTP But it's it's been a hell of a life so far no doubt about that. So thank you for listening to this because this is all part of it, too. We'll talk to you tomorrow Tom Bernard show